Welcome to another episode of the Protein Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Wasserman. And as with me always, my co-host, Kyle Combs. Hey. This is a very special day in Protein Bros history. If you've been listening with us from the beginning, you will remember our first ever episode was with J.P. Price from Strong Barbell Club. And today, one year later, to kick off year two, we've brought back J.P. and his handsome ass sidekick, Cade Proctor. Gorgeous. Thank you so much. Gorgeous. That means so much to me. Talk about the mullet you have going right now. Can we get your hat off? Yes. Can we see the yeah. whole thing in all its glory? Cade comes to us, a Dude, new I man. I just went back to the 80s. You just took me. Brett the Hitman heart vibes this morning, right? <laughs> Absolutely. He, like freshly showered, so it's still a little wet in the back. If he sat on a couch, if you guys had a couch like you used to, uh-huh. he could sit on it and he'd get up and it'd be like uh, off of Coming to America, the Soul yeah, Club guys. Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> dude. <laughs> That's exactly right. We got, we got a very special guest with JP and Kate here. We got a lot of information uh, to release and let you guys in on. Uh, some exciting times for all of us. So uh, we also want to recognize for all of our YouTube watchers or people that like to watch on Spotify, we are in our new Protein Bros studio here in uh, Kansas City. If you guys can't see, it's pretty dope. Ward Parkway. We used to do this on the third floor of my house, and now we're doing it in our own dedicated Protein Bros podcast studio. That is thanks to all of you listeners. Appreciate you guys supporting us. And we need to continue to support us because we got to pay for all this. So please (laughs) tell everybody, share it up, do what you can. Help us out. All right. Done with Just the charity. Ven- Venmo us some money, I guess. <laughs> yeah. The one-year anniversary show. This is a big deal, though, guys. Yeah, uh, man. We're doing the first show here. here, and I'm really honored because I get to see it before everybody else, but also because uh, we're going to test the limits of the studio. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that you'll have two, two bigger guests on this side of the table. Like, if we were on a teeter-totter right now, you yeah. guys would be in the sky. Yeah. Dude, I'm... T- <laughs> what, what? <laughs> Well, when you put it that way, I guess uh, I guess you would be correct. Yes. I'm going to be searching for teeter-totters after this. Right now, you guys are, are sitting down, you know, side to side, easy, with tons of space. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think either one of your boys could fit in there. We're Let's, both man-spread There's and ton of space good, right? for activities. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. we got so enough much. drinks. we got enough water. I think we should do it sitting on each other's laps. Me and Jeff come over there. You know, Next time, for sure. Yeah. Me and JP do that all the time already right now. I know. That's what I heard. We talked before the show started. JP and I hang out on the reg uh, outside of uh, podcasting. And uh, we never sit across from each other like this. <laughs> like at dinner, it's super sure, weird. but it feels way weirder with well, we the microphone. Even, even at dinner, we I don't even know if we get dinner out. We get it delivered. No, no you guys true. go to dinner out, and you guys <laughs> no, sit in the same true. booth. We, don't. <laughs> we sit on the same side of the booth. Same side I think the, the reason it feels weird is because we're not using to, used to having this much between us. Yeah, that's true. To be honest. That's true. <laughs> so on a serious, serious note, Strong Barbell Club, we talked about what it was as a gym, what made you guys unique, what kind of equipment you guys have. I would say it is the mecca of powerlifting, at least in the Midwest, if not the country. What do we got coming as far as the growth goes? Because you guys have done so much in the last year as far as growth goes, adding equipment, et cetera. But I know that you guys weren't done. What's the... What's the next step, I guess? Yeah, so uh, co-owner Ethan and I, uh, the way that we look at it is we want to be the best strength sports gym in the country. We want to be the best we can be at it. And so uh, we're trying to grow always naturally. We're always trying to add equipment. Um, our space looks nothing like it looked a little over three years ago when we started. I mean, it's it's wild how much different it looks. And uh, so Ethan and I invest everything we can back into the gym. And, uh, you know, we're at that point now in our 6,000 square foot space in Northtown where we, we can't offer group classes because it's not big enough. 
and we can't do some of the things that we want to do to be able to do what we do best. <laughs> um, and we need a bigger facility for that. So uh, we're going to be moving from Northtown to North Johnson County. It's an Overland Park address right off of 635 and I-35. And uh, we're going from a 6,000 square foot building to 12,000 square feet. And uh, we're going to be able to add a lot of the stuff that we haven't been able to focus on because we've been so focused on what we're good at mm-hmm. that we're like, okay, now time to get good at some more things because, you know, we've got 15 squat racks in our place. We've got all the best bars that we could have. We've got all these platforms. Now we need to get bigger because it's too busy. It's 15 busy squat racks? <laughs> we're going to have 20 at the new place. Yeah. That's incredible. We've got, 20 full racks? We've got, so a monolift is like this big giant thing that people squat out of, right? You guys know what a monolift is. So, mm-hmm. um, a monolift is something where you stand up with the weight and the rack moves out from underneath you. And there's, the, any gym in Kansas City, there's a few gyms that have one. And just to be clear for our listeners, <laughs> a monolift keeps it from the lifter having to walk the weight out. True. Correct? And it's also a safety system because it has like ropes that hang from it that hold the weight if you fall. Got it. Right? So, uh, so monoliths are not real common. They're pretty specific to our sport, and we have four of them. <laughs> so it's a little bit. We actually have five. We're going to get a real one. Yeah. And then the combo racks that we use for powerlifting, you know, most gyms that do what we do have one of those or so, and we have eight. And so uh, we're just trying to do what we do the best that we could possibly do it. And now we're venturing out a little bit to make uh, other strength sports more comfortable in our space, bodybuilding, um, you know, people training for athletics and uh, just trying to grow what we do. And we're moving to an area where we can do that. That's awesome. So, it sounds like it's going to be much more centrally located for people. So right now we love our spot because it's pretty central, but people come from all over to go to it because we're kind of niche. Mm-hmm. But the area we're going to, we still feel like is really central, but way, way, way more populated. No doubt. No so doubt. there's a lot more people close by. There's a lot more things close by. It's a lot more room less for opportunity. A, yeah. North Kansas City used to be kind of a dead area and it's getting a lot better and it's awesome, but it's still not a residential area at all. Sure. So there's like, there's no supermarket anywhere, you know, no, no. usually you see gyms next to supermarkets, right? Mm-hmm. Like here, there's a Trader Joe's and a Genesis next door. That makes sense. Right. Um, all those things are in one area. Well, we want to be able to be in that area too. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, so now we're finally at that point where we can afford to be in a place where we can be close to everything we feel like we need to be close to, including the people. And uh, will that, you know, displace some people or make our, you know, membership maybe not all be able to be at the same place? It could, but the dream is to have one really, really great place. Yeah. And uh, if we branch out from that later in the future, that's great. But uh, to be honest, we kicked around the idea, you know, over and over. Do we do one place? Do we do two places? Well, one, incredibly hard to financially support two right now. Mm -hmm. And two... um, it's a lot of unknown and in a small business unknowns fine, but also, you know, try to make calculated risks. And this one with the one bigger building is a very calculated risk that we can handle and we're very prepared for and we're excited for. You'll so, be able to uh, maintain your culture yeah. too. Like you'll have full control of maintaining your culture. If you just have one right. big centrally located spot, right? Are you guys, uh, you know, it's one of you guys' uh, you know goals with that because basically North Johnson County is arguably probably one of the, the hubs for athletes in high school. Yeah. Um, are you is that one of the decisions that went into it? Is you want to be able to help younger athletes? Yeah. Um, as well, absolutely. Because there is no high schools in North. Right. You know where you guys were at. I mean, where's the closest right. high school to where you guys are at currently? Yeah, I mean, we have North one Kansas. high school around us now, and that's that's really it. There's nothing yeah. closer, and. Uh, you know, for us to be in that area, in that hub, we already have some kids coming to us from 45 minutes away, 
and some of them driving themselves, and we don't want that. You know, we'd rather them have 15 to 25 yeah, minutes. Yeah, let's make it more and, convenient. Um, you know, the longer I'm in this, the more I get deep into it, the more I want to get back to my roots a little bit, yeah. it seems like for me personally. And so the deeper Cade and I get into training power lifters and really specific people, the more we really, really want to just work with kids sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, and it's really, really fun. And mm-hmm. so to work with kids, to work with uh, – you know, an older population too, you know, like any of those populations, it's not what we're already trying to be great at all the time. Mm -hmm. It's pretty fun for us. And we want to grow that quite a bit. Uh, We love working with athletes and and I was a pretty good athlete in high school and college. And I know Cade was too. And so for us to get our influence into that age group, I think is going to be a big deal. I think a lot of it too is we want something that maybe a lot of people didn't have. Like I know that I had a great weights coach growing up, but not everyone has that. And if you can get a hold of people young and you can influence them to be doing the right things, showing them proper techniques, things like that, it's like you can change their whole traje- trajectory of their life. Yeah. Right. Um, and then to piggyback off of like older people, it's like maybe you get a hold of them late 50s, 60s, things like that. You can change their their ADLs, you know, and improve their life drastically. Maybe they don't have to even, you know, Maybe they don't have to go to a home because mm-hmm. you changed their life enough that they can now get off the couch. Mm-hmm. You taught them they how to can, move. They can move properly. They can do things for themselves that they couldn't before. You know uh, a stat that I heard the other day that was incredible? If you're over 60 years old and you fall, if you have a traumatic fall and you're over 60 years old, you, there's a 33% chance you die within a year after that fall. And that's purely because, like what you were saying, they don't have the strength um, built up. And so in that same conversation, um, I also heard the guy talking about how actually when you get older, it's strength to pull. So basically being able to pull yourself up Mm -hmm. that makes a huge difference as far as longevity goes. Because I didn't realize it, but, you know, a huge percentage of the population when they get older like that, they just die from basically being frail. Yeah. (laughs) You know, which is insane. Like there's there's experiences that I've gotten to have. Um, from being good at lifting weights. Now, I started when I was 12, you know, and and I really value that. We've got a couple kids that come in now that are younger, whether they're skinny or overweight or whatever, whatever their goals are, to be able to start to give them the tools to, you know, manage themselves as a young athlete is really fun for us. And uh, so for me, uh, being in this for so long and getting to have so much good experience, right? So if I want to learn something, I'm just going to go right to the source. And, uh, you know, I don't, do a whole lot of continuing education stuff, but I do a ton of continuing education with working with people that I want to learn from. And so uh, like my experiences with Stuart McGill and Andrew Locke, like where we're going to, I'd love to be a resource where, Hey, if you're in, you know, Johnson County or the greater Kansas city area and you need help with your spinal stability, your bad back, your ability to get out of bed easier in the morning, then I'd love to help more people. Yeah, dude, you changed my life with that. Like, how much more would we have worked together if I was on the other side of the city? A lot. Literally, because you were only in the South. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, those are things that are really important to me. And there's so many things we don't do a day because we're just not in an area where we can do that or don't have the space or uh, know that we can't reach the people we need to reach. For sure. And so to open that up, it'll be a good challenge for us, and it'll also be a lot of fun, and I think it's going to be great for our business. Yeah. Dude, I'm so. so excited for you guys, and and dude, I just want to say I'm super proud of you and Ethan for for having the 
um, you know, the gall to take that risk. You know what I mean? You guys have a, a gym that you guys have established. You have an established membership base that love coming to the gym, um, love working with everybody and, and to say, Hey, let's uproot and, and move to another spot. I know it can be terrifying for right. uh, as being a business owner and dude, I'm just saying I'm super proud of you guys for making that leap. For sure, man. Talk about the, uh, the, the decision-making that went into that. I'm sure having Cade, um, and basically having a couple more people that you can rely on and like actually, you know, trust, yeah. um, made that decision-making easier, but you know, there is right. consequences to decisions and there's a lot to, that goes into it. Talk about, you know, um, you know, what that decision process was like, was it just basically getting to a point where you had some people underneath you that you trusted enough to be able to work with these younger populations, right. older populations? Or? Well, there's a period where, you know, we don't get a ton of foot traffic because of our location. You know, we also don't advertise a ton because there's not a lot more services we can provide than we are. And we wanted to be able to. Mm -hmm. And so we needed a little bit of infra infrastructure. We needed you know, some people like Cade. And then we have another guy, Marshall, who works a job during the day and comes at night. And he's a mm -hmm. really good coach, but we need to have this time to build people's businesses. You yeah. know, all these things are built organically and uh, nothing's forced. And, you know, now we've got to create class and build those organically. And, um, you know, one of the frustrations as a, a business owner or a, a young, you know, startup business is, when you were there for the very first day and you never slept and you didn't have cameras yet, so you were there 24-7 and you didn't see your kids and you were just busting it over and over because you had this little dream and once you start a project, you can't finish it or else it'll be obvious you didn't finish it. And so for us, you know, we're getting to do that again and there's that stressful part where you're like, okay, well now we're putting in a lot of work that we're not going to get paid for. And these people that I'm bringing with me aren't either right? Yeah. with the promise that we could build something great. Now, they obviously believe that's why they're here, but you know, we want to be able to build everybody's business. We want to be able to bring more people with us because Ethan and I can't do it all. And uh, we don't want to, mm -hmm. you know, we want the community to be big and thriving and, and feel good. And there's so many risks <coughs> in moving. Um, but I think it's the right thing to do. Like we, we, we looked at all the zip codes and area codes of where everybody's from and our whole population and how much time it could add to a commute and what were we adding in value you know, that we could make that better. So like, for example, I think the longest commute change was seven minutes Wow, for, for where we're going from like Liberty, Missouri to our gym. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so with the longest commute change being seven minutes, we're like, okay, well in the summer we can have some air conditioning, mm -hmm. which we, our place, just so everybody knows the doors are open. The music's, I mean, it's, it's a very flowy, freeform awesome. form, fun place. Yeah. You know, it feels more like a college and high school training atmosphere with really, really good athletes in it yeah. and, and beginners. I mean, everybody's welcome. So, you know, if we're going to be able to add air conditioning when it's a hundred degrees, we're going to add a circuit. We're going to add the cardio we want. We're going to do indoor and outdoor turf instead of just outdoor. Uh, we're going to add space for group class. We're going to have way more amenities. Okay. If we're able to do that, is that worth seven minutes to us? Yes. If they don't feel like it is, that's okay. This is our dream. I love it. And, yeah. and so we really want everybody to come along, but we know that they might not be able to, but we think the, the promise and the future of what we're doing is, is bigger than that. Yeah. So Cade, sure. what did you, what was your first reaction when you were hurt, when you were told like, Hey, we're, we're moving. Uh, honestly, I, w I love the idea of it because like he said, it might not be everyone's dream to, you know, open up another gym, especially if we think that we're doing all right or we're content where we're at. I comfortable, think, if you will. Yeah, comfortable. Yeah. And it's like, it's one of those things where if you're not trying to grow somewhere, then then what are you doing, right? Mm -hmm. So, yes, there's always going to be a, a risk whenever you 
whenever you take that leap of faith and you're like, hey, this is our dream. This is what we want to do. But um, it, it gives other opportunities for for me, for Marshall, for for JP, for Ethan. Um, you know, eventually we want Ethan to be able to quit his job, you yeah. know, his his day job and and come on there full time and help with with classes and everything like that. And I think the amount of excitement that it brings is is a. Uh, is really just something that I can't put into words mm-hmm. exactly because it's something that you think about these things or I personally did growing up. It's like, man, that would be so cool to just have a place to, to not only train at, but to help other people, um, to, to teach them things that I've learned over the years that were that I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. So for me, whenever they told me that we would be moving and there were these other opportunities arising, I was, I was ecstatic. Yeah, man, you have you guys right. look you, you when you're younger, you have to look so hard to find certain places to uh, inspire you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like yeah. uh, there wasn't anything like Stromer Boat Club when you guys were younger. You Dude, know? It, what, what's cool about like working with athletes is like, you know, if you think back to those times, that's the best fucking times of your life when you're like, just start working out. And it's like, you, you do get those new games. I still fucking yeah. remember like fucking benching 225. For your the first, first time. ever max hitting the two plates on the side. Just looking at your buddies like, yeah, bitch. I'm a, I'm a man now. I'm a man now. All the memes hey, that don't Luke, make fun of me now. Yeah. Is, <laughs> Luke's still waiting for that point. When's it going to be, bub? When's when he joins SBC. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Hey, but yeah. they're moving down here, so you'll be able to bench 225 in no time. Yeah. You know? Maybe so even squat 225, too. Walk in the door and that voice will drop. <laughs> Listen to me. You hear this? You don't have headphones on right now, but if you did, you'd be, you know what I'm saying? Very, no, very silky, silky smooth. But anyways, that's like the best, the absolute best times of your life. And, you know, the, the fact that you guys are opening up and have more uh, square space so you can have more interactions with those kinds of kids, you know, especially that's actually one of the things that I love about supplement superstores the most is because, you know, you get a kid that comes in that's 14 years old. He's like, I just got a gym membership and I'm trying to get bigger. <laughs> what do you guys got for that? And, you right. know, you can sit down with him and say, all right, how much you eating, man? Right. And then you've, you know, you kind of lay out the whole like, bro, you're gonna have to. There's a long road ahead. Of you you got to eat some food, dude. Right. Um, you're peeling back the layers. He's like, I take two protein shakes. Yeah, a day. I, eat like, like, I eat lunch well, and dinner and a pop tart. Yeah, right. My yeah. mom makes me a sandwich for lunch. You're like, all right, you're gonna have to tell her to like up that to four. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what we do. <laughs> We're like, hey, sandwich between every class. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's the big one. I used to do tuna Yo, in between Heath, classes. The Heath Evans diet. Have oh yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, the old tight end Heath Evans. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I heard he's uh, he's becoming like a fitness guru these days. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he wrote this cool diet for kids. It was hilarious. He wrote a diet for uh, this young kid in high school, and he's like, look, here's the deal. We're going to start you out at one extra sandwich a day, and then on day four, you're going to go to two. Yeah. And by three weeks, we need you at four more sandwiches a day. And they can be peanut butter and jelly. They yeah. can be turkey. It doesn't matter. Load those suckers up. Yeah. But you need four extra sandwiches a day. And uh, it was just all real food, and that's what felt good about it because, yeah. you know, like you guys teach people, it's like, hey, you know, there's going to be a time where that athlete needs his ignition. There's going to be a time when he needs his Formula One, but there also needs to be a time where he puts food in his face. Yeah. Right. And we need all of these things in order to trigger growth. Oh, you food, know? food first, for sure. And, and at, that, uh, at that point, dude, when you're young like that, man, it's like, you know, I, I wouldn't say this like indiscriminately, but like you can pretty much just like shovel food if yeah. you're a skinny kid like that yeah. and you're young. You it's can like get away you with just it. you actually just need to build up the ability to eat, you know, because right. at that age, you know, you don't have any concept of like, right. hey, it's going to take you a lot of food to, to gain. It takes more fuel to run a bigger engine. I was a bit insecure and overweight when I was younger, and I same still am. Same. And a bit. You know, we, we were all a bit. 
We all we were yeah. all just Kyle, a little Kyle's chubby. Over here actually, with his chiseled forearms, all of like, us. Yeah, actually, assholes. all of us were chubbier, right? <laughs> no, uh, Kyle, Kyle had abs, greased abs uh, in seventh grade. My, my mom, for real, dude. <laughs> my mom, hold on, I, I'll have to show you guys. Wow. This after. My mom sent me, uh, you know, one of those legacy boxes the other day. Um, which is what's a legacy grade. box, Kyle? Peaked in eighth grade. A, a legacy box is like a. Uh, it's it's an email with basically all of your you know photos from when you were a kid, and in one of theirs was was a video, and it was like all my wrestling from my eighth grade year, and I was like, oh, this will be interesting to watch. I clicked on it, I was like, holy fuck, I was skinny. I, I wrestled, I think I wrestled one hundred five that year or something or one ten. Kyle came out like, of the womb Jesus with like a linebacker Christ. neck. I, no, no, shoulders. no. I'll show you. I'm I'm like a string bean. Dude. You wrestled one hundred five in eighth grade. Yeah, maybe I was uh, 165. I was 185 plus. <laughs> I was 165. In eighth grade, I was 185 plus. When I played eighth grade football, I had to have the blue stripe on my helmet saying I wasn't allowed to run the ball. So <laughs> hey, you know what said I wasn't going to run the ball? My figure. <laughs> and my foot speed. But, but we always dreamed of it. If you were a lineman, oh, you, you were like, I'm going to fullbacks this year. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to train with the linebackers and the fullbacks this year. Like, Jeff, get back over After I graduated, uh, <laughs> after I played four years of football in college, and then I played rugby. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, am I gonna get the ball? <laughs> yeah. And they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna give you the ball." Yeah. In the first game, I scored four times. No yeah, shit. Like, when I played rugby, it was the greatest feeling in the world. They're okay. like, "You, you can run the ball, sir. Here you yeah. go." JP, I imagine you. Have you seen those videos of the guys from like uh, Samoa that yeah, play yeah. rugby? Dude, the yeah. New England dominating people. Yes. I imagine that's pretty the much New Zealand all black. Well, so the, uh, like in college rugby, like almost everybody's like a you know frat guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I would, I went out to play, and we had like all these guys that played football. You say frat guy, you mean they all chug beer? They all, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, all, they all had bad, they all had bad bods. Yeah, you know, yeah, they, yeah, they all looked like they played soccer in high school. Sure, but they were a little taller. Yeah, and uh, no offense, soccer goes, yeah. but take offense, I don't care. <laughs> and uh, so I show up on this field and I'm like 320 pounds, and I just got done playing football, and then another six eight. 320 pound uh, guy that played next to me was playing and a couple others. And we ended up just trashing these teams physically, but sometimes we'd lose cause we'd be out of shape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but They'd be like, Hey, we're not running in. There's this, guy. this, run around there's this right. play where you make a penalty, like within a certain distance of the goal, they make you take a penalty five meters from the end zone or try zone. They call it. And you got to put the ball down in the try zone. So like if somebody kicks it out of your hand, it doesn't count, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so they would give me the ball five meters out, and none of these guys are stopping me in five meters. Like, yeah. step on the tracks and the train's coming through. You know, I'd, like, I'd have, like, one by the throat, one by the hair, and then there'd be, like, two on my legs. <laughs> Put the ball down. You know, it was, uh, it was a blast playing rugby. This was the most fun. My mom was like... Uh, Hey, that looked like a 90 minute street fight. And I was like, yeah, it felt like it too. Why do you think my ears are taped to my head? You know, so they yeah, ripped off. My first game playing rugby, I got my eyelid stepped on, not the eyeball. Somehow, like the cleat eyelid, it pinched my eyelid to the side and like went into the ground. It was crazy. Um, it really happened like that. I Dude. also broke my nose and had a nose job afterwards from playing rugby. I was about to say, I heard uh, <laughs> one of my roommates from college, he yeah. played rugby when he moved up here, and he said the hardest thing for him, he played at Missouri State, he played football. He's like, Dude, it was so hard for me to stop leading with my head. He's like, Dude, I led with my head yeah. for a lot of games, and he's like, Dude, I would come away not able to see straight. <laughs> yeah, I messed my neck up pretty good playing. I mean, it already was from football, but yeah. from playing rugby, and it would like uh, every time we would scrum down. 
I would lose uh, the feeling from my uh, trap all the way down my arm, uh-huh. and I would just like run with one arm for a couple plays until just it came back. You know, it's like an infinite stinger. Yeah, yeah, it was a stinger. Yeah. Like I needed a butterfly pad, but you know we didn't wear pads. <laughs> you guys, so <laughs> in rugby, this is a really interesting stat for people that pad. you know, oh, especially man, people that dude. played football. They don't know this. It's like everybody knows like rugby is like a tough sport, whatever. But like you actually are allowed to wear shoulder pads in rugby. Mm-hmm. That the rule is if they you're can't. Lame. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But <laughs> you made fun of. I'll, I'll yeah. explain. I'll explain how it works. No, but it's, it's important. Jeff's like, like dude, I wore. Uh, dude, let me I tell you why I, I didn't wore. Pads. I didn't wear shoulder pads. I wore the shorts. <laughs> but I got it. Like, I would. That'd be the guy where I'd be like, he, I'm hitting him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you get it if people wear them. But here's why. It's for the mental game of thinking in your head like, okay, I have protection, so right. now I can go full force. Right. Because the pads are only they're not allowed to be more than an eighth of an inch thick. Right. So you're wearing like a sham wow on your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You like have four paper towels yeah. on your shoulders. Yeah. And you're like, this is good. This will work. Yeah. I'm going to just spear this dude now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't do shit. People you know that are good I mean? at rugby, they like slide tackle. Yeah. You know? They like, you if, like pull if it's guys open field. You, yeah. Like, and dude, there's nothing more like fun than when someone kicks it up in the air and you have to go chase after it because it's literally just like a punt return. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like someone's getting smoked. Someone's getting oh, I feel like the fuck. scrum, is that what you were talking about? Is they the scrum? They like, so they've changed the rules. Like they do them way different now. Really? Yeah. They're like I didn't not know contested. It's, it's different now. Huh. Isn't like it's more hardcore or less, less hardcore? Less. Okay. I was going to say, cause dude, there's a, there's a, there's an actual like position in rugby called the hooker. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you're like sitting in the I middle. Was I was for next sure. to the hooker. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's the hooker. So the hooker was the underneath of his arm. Hooker's supposed like, to be usually a tiny person. You like wrap your arms around the hooker. Yeah. And you grab them by their shorts. That's, that's, that's what I'm many, saying. How many times you wrap around the hooker? Around the yeah. hooker. Under his I mean, arm. Everybody in gets in like this. Yeah. <laughs> everybody gets in like this. And dude, like, yeah, the hooker has to kick the ball back to their to their side. Yeah. And it's you like just, hold him up in the air by his shorts. Yeah. yeah. That's also a ridiculous part of it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, enough about rugby. <laughs> it's All a right? fun sport. It's a, it's, fun. it's a real, it's a lot of Listen, fun. kids, give it a try. <laughs> rugby players Chubby guys come to Storm Barbell start Club. start playing rugby. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's get back to a really interesting topic that you actually started bringing up, and I want to get into it. You st- you talked about, like, just having a place for kids to train. Yeah. That it's actually inspiring to them. It's going to get them on the right track, the right path, yeah. if you will. We all in our fitness like lives remember a time where we felt super lost and felt like, what's the next step? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. where do I go from here? You know, you can get inspired, right. but that insp- that inspiration can die and that motivation can die pretty quick if you're not on the right track and yeah. you don't feel like you're making progress. And so for you, what makes training a child, for example, you were saying how getting back to your roots, you mentioned mm-hmm. that earlier. What is it about training a kid, uh, a, a much younger kid, we're talking like middle school, high school, uh, what's about training them that's more fun for you than, for example, like a dedicated 50-year-old guy? So for me personally, it's like kids at that age, no matter what they do, it's it's almost like a foolproof plan, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say? Because show up, show up, <laughs> you are one hundred percent going to get better. You are at that age where your hormone levels are just through the roof. Yeah. Like you could do still nothing, growing, still yeah. growing, right? Mm-hmm. So any time that that you're going, it's like you are you are enhanced essentially because Mm -hmm. in that time you're growing so much, but each time that they come in, it's like damn near every session they're hitting a PR. Yeah. Damn near every session. Unreal. And and they get so pumped up about it. They get, they get so pumped up and they're like, I can't believe like that's 25 pounds heavier than last week. And it was easy. Yeah. If we, if we get, for example, this is something I just generally don't know the answer to. Like if a gen pop, you know, general population mother comes mm -hmm. in, is it, is it similar for them? Cause they hadn't lifted weights yet. One million percent. So, Let's talk about training age. I'm 38 and I've trained for 26 years. 
And so my training, hey, whoever's phone. Uh, okay. The, uh, the not mm-hmm. Airplane mode, y'all. Um, so when it comes to people who are new, it's so much fun. Like, so that's the thing is everybody thinks that, well, I'm not going to go in and have JP Price coach me. He's, you know. He's too big a deal. And well, you know what I mean? Like it's, I don't want to say it like that ever. I'm saying it like that, (laughs) but like people are intimidated by Cade and by me. We don't, I can't believe I I couldn't even possibly imagine like being somebody who feels weak and be like, I'm going to go after the strongest person possible, which that should be their mindset, but it can obviously be extremely scary. Right now in the strength world. I mean, literally the strongest people that have ever lived in this part of the world are sitting at this table. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to, you know, saying like, Hey, we want to, give you the best come get it like this is like being able to go learn how to play football from the highest source in the city but you can't go there right (laughs) but you can come to our gym and we'll work with your mom on her first day Mm -hmm. and teach her how to squat right and then teach her how to set a pr and kids and adults who have a low training age are the most fun to work with Mm -hmm. because they will make the most progress if they show up and they're committed if they just want to do it yeah and uh so one thing i'm really passionate about especially with kids is everybody here will know exactly what i mean right when i say this i used to work a job where i worked with high school kids every day and i would come in and help them fundraise and i'd help coach them on their fundraiser they all sucked at it and this was me making them better at it right And so a lot of times in high schools, and this is no knock to high school coaches, but they're also turning over at a rapid rate. Mm -hmm. Like one in every three high school coaches doesn't come back next year. You know, that's a stat that I had heard a couple years back. And it was just in this state where I know for a fact, if kids come and work with us, they're going to get better care than 98% of high school coaches. Yeah. Because we know what we're doing. We're dedicated to this. That high school coach coaches weights but he also has to work the parking line in the morning at the elementary school. Yeah. He's also he the also, history teacher. He's yeah. also the history teacher. He he's the his dad. Teacher. He's this, he's that. And he's trying to work with one person for a school. Could be 1,500 kids. Could be 2,000 around mm-hmm. here. Now, when you work with us, it's one-on-one, one-on-five, one-on-ten. And so, you know, we know for a fact that when they come to us, they're probably going to get better coaching than they can get anywhere else. And we're going to be able to do it fairly affordably because we're not a commercial gym. Right. Yeah. You guys have, so. you guys clearly have passion, and I think that's the biggest difference um, in the sense of talking about high school coaches. It's yeah. like, dude, some of them were asked to, to, to help out with, with football, you know, right. to help out with strength, conditioning, coaching, et cetera, because they like to work out. Right. right? It's like they there's a difference between, and, you know, a lot of former athletes will tell you this. It's like there's a huge difference between people who just love to do the athletic sport versus who like to coach it. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of former players that don't get into coaching. They just right. like to play. It's you true. Know? So my question for you guys, especially UJP, where you're, uh, as far as your athlete career, athletic career, mm-hmm. you're not so much trying to push on that and on that end anymore. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing yourself dive in deeper as far as wanting to become a you know world class coach uh, with with a more prominent, I guess, uh, following in that sense? Yeah, I mean, if I could say, you know, the areas that I want to grow as a coach or grow my business. It is definitely um, in an area where I haven't been growing it, right? And it's probably just because I want something new. To be honest, everybody likes a new challenge. Everybody likes to rearrange the room. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, that feeling when you rearrange your room feels good. Always. The feeling when you walk into a new office feels mm-hmm. good. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they have a table here Yeah. that... Oh my! T- oh, okay, yeah. Lights up and gets brighter or dimmer. With <laughs> and I might add, it is... So sexy. It is. Yeah, it's hot. So we sexy. have a sweet table here. Not and, this uh, one. It's in the this other This table's room. cool, too. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. It's, yeah. 
This table doesn't light up. It's worth that more now that we're sitting here. But yeah, it's the, true. It's got my sweat. <laughs> but no, like uh, growing in areas that I haven't grown is the most interesting to me. And so uh, to work with different styles of athletes and to help Cade grow his business in different styles, um, I would love to put us in a position where, you know, a gym close to us, we have a great relationship with and I can work with their trainers. Yeah. Um, like, in you a know, co- consulting I could go, exactly. Yeah. You know, I could go to a, a high school and work a little bit closer with their coach yeah. um, or run a camp with them or do a summer kids camp and, and work on, uh, you know, for example, you know, I know, I know really well how to coach. And, and when a kid comes in, you know, if they're 10 years old, I've got experience there now. I've got a 10 and a seven year old and I'm pretty good at knowing like how long it can go, what they're interested in, what exercises they enjoy, how to expose them to fitness, what things we can talk about with food to help make sense to them and, and create a nutrition culture for those kids too. Um, so the, the ability to be able to offer a daytime kids camp in the summer, we couldn't do that now, but we will absolutely be able to do that down the road and will be. Yeah, I mean, just you know, it'll happen for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The the thing with uh, has to, or I'm a loser. (laughs) The thing with what uh, is the big deal with with kids is strength is kind of like the it's the factor that's like unknown. Lots of kids come out, you know, at least for me in sports, I was relatively fast. You know, there's, there's certain natural instincts that you have as a kid, but like the strength portion is the strength and the size portion is the portion that's kind of the unknown. You're like, I don't really know how to do this. How do I gain weight? How do I gain strength? What's the right way to gain strength? I remember when I was in high school, and we started doing power cleans. I was just like, I'm going to yank this fucking bar. I, I yeah. it was probably ugly as shit, you know. It's always because ugly I didn't have right. It's, there's nothing no. more unorthodox than a power cleaner, a there, you know, squat clean in the beginning. There's yeah. huge money right now in prehab and rehab in our businesses. Yeah, and uh, that stuff's going wild right now. And and honestly, for young kids especially and new adults to training or people who have been at it and don't really know much yet, you know, that have been just you know, reading, like I used to read magazines and write down my workouts and, you know, I was back in the day, but now it's get on the internet, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, or Instagram or whatever and write down a workout, but, or screenshot it. But, you know, for me and, uh, and the way that, you know, we've gone about this and the way that, the way that we've learned, you know, I just want that opportunity to, to bring somebody in and teach them the right way because, you know, a good workout program is prehab. Yeah. You know, learning how to do the movements correctly at a young age, it might not make, you know, 10 out of 10 difference on the field that day. But if they're 27 and they're getting out of bed easier because of what we did when they were 14, that's a huge win. Now, you might have never, never quantify those things, but if I could get somebody to start training and they get into it for 26 years and they feel better than I do today because I didn't have the same coaching, I didn't have the same knowledge. Huge win. You know? Huge win for us, Huge you know, win. and uh, so that's where that experience, I think, really comes into play. And, and, you know, I just want people to have the best of what we have to offer. And, uh, you know, we have the best of a lot of things. When it comes to powerlifting, I was going to ask this regarding coaching earlier. <clears throat> there's a there's a list of famous coaches that were basically mediocre players, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, Mike Krzyzewski, yeah. Duke head basketball coach, yeah. right? Uh, Phil Knight, uh, Bill, Belichick. Bill Belichick. I mean, the list goes on and on. So. In, in the powerlifting world, who is, is there a big name that I don't know about, you know, is outside of, like I'm saying, I know that you guys are phenomenal at what you do. Mm-hmm. Is there somebody who's known to be the best powerlifting coach? You know, it's, it sucked it's really at powerlifting. Is that what you're asking? <laughs> yeah. No, like maybe they just weren't known. Like bottom line is 
like I was trying to say this to JP earlier, I just couldn't explain it correctly. I feel like in my eyes, it's like you're very well known as a world-class powerlifting athlete, one of the best of all time. How do we get to there as a coach? And is anybody already there? You know, there's not a ton of really great athletes that are really great coaches. And, you know, I've been watching Hard Knocks, and I don't watch much football, but I watch Hard Knocks. Phenomenal show. (laughs) And uh, Dan Campbell is one of those guys who – you know, he never – he was a good player, really good player, and he played for a lot of teams. He's a backup tight end most of the time. And, uh, you know, so there's some value to that, you know, that he's got. And you can see that there's areas where he's definitely not Bill Belichick. <laughs> but there's areas where Belichick will never be him, Yeah, yeah. you know. And uh, so there's certain things that I think he can get out of his players. And, and for me, you know, I think that um, – the way that I learned the sport and the way that I got into it and the guys that brought me in and the guys that were around me, they were so, you know, strict on some things that it helped me, you know, in the back end of my powerlifting career, um, take other things seriously that made me want to coach. So for me, a lot of guys get into it and they just worry about themselves, do their own thing and then get out. Right. And that's fine. You know, the great natural athlete, that's probably how most of them are. Mm-hmm. You know, most of them don't play, don't coach football after they're done playing it. But uh, but the way that I came in and the people that I came in with made me want to do that. And you notice that in coaching, too. Dan Campbell's from the Bill, uh, Bill Parcells tree. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he wanted to learn how to be a better coach, and he called Bill Parcells, and Bill said, come here, I'll teach you everything. Dude, and then Sean Payton told him, come here, I'll teach you everything, because he's a Bill Parcells guy. Yeah. And it's no different in powerlifting, you know? So we've got a guy in the gym, Greeno, he loves to coach. Yeah. He's a good lifter, too, but he's a far better coach. And, yeah. you know, if people like that that, you know, dedicate themselves to that are the people who are teaching guys like me. That's awesome. And then, you know, I just happen to want to also teach it. You when know. you're like, I feel like maybe as a backup, you know, you're put in a position, like especially like a backup quarterback, for yeah. example, you have to know all the information, you have yeah. to know the whole offense, et cetera, but you're also getting the most intimate look at the starters. Yeah. You're sitting on the same sideline as the coaches, right. and you're not playing. And so yeah. the people that really love the sport and are passionate about it are getting the same kind of look at it as the coaches are. And so there might be some truth to that where it's like a backup might actually have a better I would say the second string studies more. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I take it to – Especially um, not genetically gifted, right? Like yeah. if you're if you're if you're a backup and you don't have all these genetic gifts and you're somebody who's trying to become first. I took it for granted until I started to see myself in the business. Right. You know? Um, I didn't, you know I, I coached many other sports growing up and that probably helped me want to get into this, but um, I didn't really care about coaching powerlifting until, you know, I started switching jobs. And and to be honest with you, I think and Kate will probably back me up on this, my greatest strength is getting other people to do what they're great at. And, uh, you know, like it, so I don't always delegate a lot, but if it's somebody I trust, I'm like, yeah, well, I'm never going to check on you again. You just know what you're doing. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so we had to get the right people in place because should I be day to day individual coaching? Probably not. I think my best strength is in building our community and making things bigger than the one-on-one, but that's, that's the most important but to enable other people to get those relationships and to bring them all into one roof, well, that's probably more my skill set, I think. You have to kind of rise above that into a more of a management role. You know? Yeah, at some point, you know, it was, at some point, you, you love being in the store and you love talking to customers, but at some point you had to not do that. Yeah, well said, and, yeah. And, and I never, ever, ever want to lose that. And I'm, that's my bread and butter, and that's what I'm good at. And um, I think it's probably going to be better for our community, though, if I invested that into my relationship with Cade. Yeah. And then me and Cade both taught a class with you. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's, I think that's going to be 
more of the way forward is learning how to be a better manager, learning how to get better people in the door and learning how to, uh, how to, how to build business for, for everybody, not just for myself, because I'll just eat what's in front of me and it might be enough to feed me, but I think our community deserves even more than that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man. There's, there's uh, a, uh, I was going to say, you know, in relating back to the, the powerlifting coach um, conversation we were having, the um, there's a term in leadership called called being battlefield aloof. Yeah. So that's basically when you know you have somebody who is telling you what to do, but they've never done it themselves, and so you don't follow them to the same extent. Yeah. Is that is that happen? You know, do you see that happening in powerlifting? Where, um, you know. So for everybody who's listening that might not know, Kate is, you know, one of the best power lifters in the country. Um, he is the upper echelon as far as strength athletes go. Um, you know, it, would it be possible for you to follow, you know, somebody or, or have a coach, you know, um, talked about the, this on the way in here at the point <laughs> that you're at that hasn't been there yourself because, you know, you're, you're at a place where very few people have been in, in the strength world. So I actually just watched uh, some YouTube videos with Chad Wesley Smith talking about this and Max Aida. And, uh, you know, I think that is going to fall and come down to the actual athlete having that trust with that coach. Uh, you know, I've, I've had coaches, you know, JP's coach me. He's obviously totaled more than me. Um, but the majority of my coaches I have been stronger than, mm -hmm. right? So I think it just comes down to, trusting in that person right. and just knowing that they have your best interest in mind. And if you follow something, you're always going to get more results. If you follow something and you don't like with your full heart, with your full heart, right. Mm -hmm. You're, you're asking questions the whole time. Like you can always have, have that question in the back of your head. Like, well, should I be listening to them because they haven't done this, mm -hmm. but why would you do that? Mm -hmm. Because right. in my mind, it's like follow, follow exactly what they're going to tell you. And if, if that leads you astray, then maybe you can take a, take a different Avenue. But in my experience, I haven't had any coaches that, you know, totaled less than me or were weaker than me that, that ever did really bad things to me or yeah. led me in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just right. having the trust for that person. Yeah. And with going right. on like the coaching thing earlier with, with, you know, do you think that there are, there are coaches out there that are, really great coaches, but maybe they didn't perform at the top level. It's like, yes, all of course, the time. all of them. Yeah. There's <laughs> literally so many of them. And there's a, probably a lot more coaches that, that weren't great athletes um, rather, because I think it comes down to a lot of how much do they study the sport? Um, and then also what kind of real world experience do they have? Have they sat down and worked with a ton of people? Have they, you know, have they failed over and over to, to actually learn from that? Mm -hmm. Cause it's, you're going to fail. It's, it's inevitable. You're going to fail, but what, what did they get out of that? Do they learn from it? I think, you, you know, it, kind of talking about that, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, in the bodybuilding world, they talk about a lot. It's not about where you end up as far as like, you know, a demonstration of how much you know in a sport. It's basically where you started versus mm -hmm. where you end up. So if you have somebody who started, you know, powerlifting and maybe they couldn't bench 225 like Luke, um, but they ended up being able to bench 500 versus somebody who started right. out being able to bench 400 and then right. made it to 500. Who's the better coach? Who, who figured out, you know, the best way to optimize? their training, the best way to optimize their, you know, nutrition, the best way to optimize, you know, um, every aspect that goes into powerlifting, you would say it's actually the one that made the biggest jumps that actually knew more, figured out more, right. um, or might have just more knowledge. And know? everybody has their own talents and experience and where they're from. In our sport, you notice a lot of people, 
Um, they try to go be coached by who they s- attach themselves to. Mm-hmm. So a lot of girls go to the girl with the best ass. <laughs> a lot of guys that are chubby and bearded go to me because they want to squat a thousand pounds or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a lot of people find who they see themselves, people in. that they see themselves gaining something from. You know, I was injured, you know, all the time, but <laughs> I was, uh, they can relate. Like, I mean, a chubby bearded guy is going to think this guy knows what it's like to be me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And maybe they see you as like one of the better versions of what they're right. trying to do. You're the best version of what I could be. Maybe. And, yeah. and that's, and that gives them some like, Hey, I want to learn a little bit about what it's like to do that. And, uh, you know, and, and, and that works out for a lot of people, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people, um, that are Asian pick an Asian coach. A lot of mm-hmm. people that you, you, you notice things from your background, you know, a lot of people that, you know, want to learn more. Like at one point I really wanted to learn more about benching cause I couldn't really squat and deadlift. So I, you know, hired for a little while, a, a coach that was really good at that and, uh, learned something from him. And now I, you know, Cade and I use that shit in our workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Cade and I, we had a, we had a cool athlete relationship where I had done exactly what Cade was trying to do at the time, except he's a way better deadlifter than I've ever been. And, you know, in some ways that really worked out and we learned some stuff together, but Kate is like way, way, way more specific in a lot of things than I am. I'm a little bit more artistic. Okay. And Kate's a little more autistic. No, so <laughs> wow. Kate, I mean, everyone has a little bit of autism. Oh yeah. But it's so Kate, but Kate, the way he learned and the way he got brought in was way more detailed than me. And the way that I got brought in was way more free form, you know? And so we had that mix of things that was good in some ways. And then, you know, he needed a little bit more ratchet up on that, you know, categorical specificity. Right. Just pick it up versus all the tweaks. And so, so where, you know, where we learn some stuff from some people and stuff, some stuff from other people, everybody goes in seasons too, you know, relationships get stale. Um, You know, you get, there's only so many varieties and options and I know there's a million of them, but you get stuck in ways. And, and so it's good just to venture out and figure other things out. Like it's great to, you know, like I said, I've done this for 26 years. Well, what other sport do people do for a really long time? Like we played football for 12 years and that was it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's really no more football for us. Lifespans there ever was, which is why I think NFL is honestly such a popular sport is because the lifespan is so short. It stays. No, everybody, everybody, everything in the NFL is so short. It's exciting. Mm -hmm. It's all in bursts. It's all in excitement. It's all in, everything's a highlight. It's Mm -hmm. fast, you know, and and all we're there for baseball. There might be 120 plays in a baseball game, but you only Mm -hmm. remember, or a football game, but you only remember like three. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we're like always trying to get that one exciting thing. And, uh, you know, the, most boring sports typically you can play the longest mm-hmm. you know in, in my opinion you know mm-hmm. obviously pickleball uh, is really picking up steam yeah it golf. is but disc yeah. golf yeah yeah hey. we know hey i'm just saying so <laughs> i uh you know in my twilight years disc golf's more my speed Kyle. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so but you know it's one of those things where it's a sport that you can do for a really really long time and uh you know people think there's some barrier for entry like honestly the number one population I wish I could, you know, really help out, but they're the hardest to help sometimes is, uh, you know, the dads that I talk to at every single dad event that I go to. Right. And they're like, I remember when, and I used to be, and you know, then the kids and I'm like, it's like, you still can. I'm like, no, I understand exactly what you're saying. And I get those struggles and I had an all time world record with two toddlers. So let's talk about how we can make that happen in your life in the way that you want. It's amazing. Uh, when you have, uh, this is a totally separate topic, but dude, it's amazing when you have such a stature like you guys do 
or anytime I'm hanging out with my other friends, let's say uh, we've had Justin Williams on here, you know, he's ripped to shreds all the time. People get so wildly uncomfortable with themselves when they come around people who dedicate themselves to, to any kind of sport. Right. And it's like, people just walk up to you guys and like people that are listening at home, like you guys have no idea what it's like fit shaming and all that stuff is not a, is not it's something anybody talks about real it's it's unbelievable like <laughs> it, because they think that like you know it's not a big, big deal right. to talk to somebody who's in great shape right they'll walk up to you and just say give me some examples guys like they'll walk up to you and be like man so you know when'd you uh how much you bench Oh, <laughs> just I mean, like out of nowhere, you're like, "Hey, uh, I don't need this." I'm like, <laughs> "I'm so glad you chose bench." Let me tell you, ask yeah. me how much how I many, squat. How many extra people? So we went to the Kenny Chesney concert today, today right. right? Right. I was wearing American Shout out flag Kenny Chesney. cut off overalls. He's the worst act of the night. Yeah. And uh, so we went to this Kenny Chesney concert from the tailgate to the concert how many extra conversations do you think i had because i'm 325 he's a sideshow everybody like you can't walk anywhere with them the american gonna... flag overalls really set it off yeah I... dude but like yeah like and I'll, and I'll say this like you're wearing american flag overalls you're asking for a little bit of attention sure, that's okay sure. I was, I was but i'm saying that like you're that. just standing in an elevator people are like oh man good thing there's not two of you on here uh-huh. and you're like dude uh Thanks. Yeah, because we would be Appreciate farting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, I remember, I remember going up the every time I had to go up the bleachers to pee. Uh, I had, we were on the floor and we had to walk all the way up the stadium every, every time we had to go to the bathroom. Plus, I was in a romper. There was no zipper in these things, so yeah. I, like, it, it was terribly did, uncomfortable. Did you have to yeah. take them down to the to the ankles? Yeah, you know, yeah. like in a, the trough, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so uh, I had to like hold them and came out, so I didn't like get them on the floor. But uh, so uh, nobody wants to put a strap over their shoulder with somebody else's urine on it. Yeah. But uh, so every time I would walk up the thing, like everybody wanted to like slap hands or give me a pound. Take and a I picture remember, with you. Yeah. yeah, picture. And so I remember like we're I'm, I'm going and I'm getting kind of bored of this and I'm, I've had a few. Yeah. And uh, and so uh, this guy reaches out to pound it to me and I just reach up and I grabbed his hand and I go gear shift, <laughs> <laughs> which is from the Trolls movie. Yeah. <laughs> and his wife was dying. Yeah. I remember that. That night, I went to get us a pizza at Caddyshack, and there was a girl at the bar that had a picture that her cousin took of me in the stadium. It was a really good picture. Oh, really? <laughs> I put it on Instagram, but yeah, it was awesome. a picture of me walking up the steps in my overalls. Like, this is the kind of energy I'm me. bringing, you know? I was but, like, I feel thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I'm glad it was a good pick. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> but wait. yes, fit shaming. Fit shaming. Real. Tell I, me, the, tell me I, your last I, story that you've had on that, Kate. Uh... Pro- or maybe just one that sticks out to you. They they all blend together right now. I swear. I think yeah. the, the 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 example that you gave, where it's like when you get into a conversation, like ah oh, man, I wish I had the time to do that. And I'm like mm-hmm. motherfucker, you think that I just like have more time in my day than you do? Right. Like, I'm at I'm, the same baseball game a, that you're at. Yeah, I make people, it a priority. You know, people never, dude. It's, it's it's it happens all the time when people just kind of you know project their insecurities out to you. But it's like you didn't see that coming. Like you're you don't like you don't feel like you're any different from anybody else. And they're just walking up to you like, man, I wish I could still lift like you guys do. And it's like, who told you you couldn't? I don't. You know. Yeah, I feel yeah. like it's any time that I've really had it a lot that I've noticed is like any time that I'll go to a bar, like say with friends or just whoever I'm with, mm-hmm. it's like people are less scared to talk to you because they have alcohol in, in mm-hmm. them, right? But they'll come up to the come up to you and they'll be like. Hey, uh, what's the arm wrestling talk? Yeah. Like, do you want to arm wrestle, bro? I'm like, I mean, I don't think you want to, but yeah, yeah, (laughs) sure. Uh, I sat down at a bar a couple weeks ago and somebody said something about arm wrestling and I I sat down and I, 
I go, I'd like to see you fucking try. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the first thing that came out. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't yeah. With a pet dance? Yeah, I did. But yeah, I yeah. think it, it's more of like... Uh, the guy had eyeball tattoos. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they were blacked wow. out. Wow. But I think I, it's it's more of just them coming up and be like, yeah, dude, I, I used to bench like 315. I did it for like three reps. Yeah. And it's like, what's stopping you now? It's like, maybe drink a little less. Because like anytime that I, I, I don't drink... Right. right, right. So, like, any time that I drink, like, I might have a beer. I might have one beer a week. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Not right now. Yeah. Sure. But normally, that's, like, that's normal for That's me. your speed. Yeah, that's yeah. my speed. Like, I don't drink a lot. But I'll talk to them, and they'll be like, yeah, if I could just find the time. I'm like, well, what do you do? Like, I'll actually ask them questions. I'll be like, what do you do for work? And they're like, well, I work in sales. And uh, I'm be like, what time do you get off of work? And they're like, oh, like, five. I'm like, why don't you so have time you after work? And they're like, I do. I'm just so I'm just so mentally drained by the time that I get done that I like I don't want to do that. And I'm like, What do you do before work? Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. like, do you do you have time before? They're like, Yeah, I just and look, I really want to sleep. It's like, like they don't prioritize that. Well, and everybody that's, that's not their priority. They don't really want it. They like the idea of it. Yeah, you guys will think this is Kyle. You know, you and Luke might not know this about me, but <laughs> these two absolutely know this <laughs> shit about me. So uh, people are like, Oh man, the amount you must work out. You you probably in there in five days a week. And I'm like. <laughs> I work out three days a week. When it's I'm a lot like, easier to keep it after you've already built it. Yeah. That's true. So when I was a kid, I worked out like four days a week. But you can make progress on three days a week. You can make pro- two days a week is a little tough, but you can make you can really good it. steady progress on two to three days a week. And uh, so for me, the way that I fit this into my life, I don't just want to make fun of people, but like. This is a legit story. People are still like, oh, why do you work out late at night? Like, well, one, because I'm not disciplined and I don't wake up early enough. Yeah. So I don't make the time. So I do at night. So ever since my kids were born, my, my ex-wife and I were in the hospital and it was Thursday. And she said, I said, hey, we're getting out of here on Saturday. We're going to stay two nights. Um, what are we doing this weekend? And she said, well, on Sundays at one, you squat. Oh, it's a lifestyle, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, my kids, when they were born, they took naps at noon or one, and they slept to like three, and then uh, good sleepers. And then uh, Tuesday and Thursday, I would work out, uh, you know, squat on Sunday because it was the longest workout. I had bench on Tuesday uh, at 7.30 or 8 o'clock because they went to bed at 7.30. They s- still do. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I would deadlift on Thursday, same thing. And so I never took my – time away from my kids to work out. Now, sometimes now, well, you know, my work schedule or the way that I built it mess with a baseball game or two. Sure. But I get to 80 or 90% of them, you know, and, uh, I'm still able to balance my goals and be a good dad and not have it be a tug of war of where I, you know, and sometimes it's a little hard, but it's worth a 10 minute thought or conversation to figure these things out. If it's what you want to do. Well, sometimes you have to Fill your cup to, to make sure that you're able to, Fill you know, others. can't pour yeah. in others. Yeah, like, let's say, yeah. let's say for example, I haven't been giving me my best lately, you know, and like this morning I was feeling chubby. I snacked last night, right? Mm-hmm. I was feeling chubby this morning in the car. I'm just like, I'm a little uncomfortable. Well, I gave myself that. I can give myself the other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I can make that choice and it's, it's, everything's a choice and it's tough because then, you know, you're the only one to rely on when it's good or bad, but at least you get that. 
you know, and uh, we have a choice to give that to ourselves. And I just haven't always given myself my best. And, you know, that person isn't either. Mm -hmm. And uh, if that's something they actually want to do, great. But if not, then just stop fucking talking to me about it all the time. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. It's like, you do it or don't, but you have a choice. Spend spend time on what you actually give a shit about. Don't waste mine. You actually have a choice, guys. There's a, there's a, I'm remiss. There's two things I want to make sure we discuss on the podcast before we wrap this up. And that's one. You know, Cade, you're still absolutely ascending the sport, and you've been training your ass off for a very long time. Cade's chasing my bench uh, record. Is this correct? <laughs> I, I don't think, think he can ever it. be as small as you again. Listen, dude, I it, couldn't. You got You got never do it at 242. If you, want, I will say if you that. want to compete with what I used to do in powerlifting, you're going to have to get real close to benching more than you squat. So that's going to be quite. The <laughs> that's going to be quite the journey. I, 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 might I may right never right get now. there. It's unfortunate as hell that uh, the way our cameras are set up that Cade's quads couldn't make it into the shot. But if we just adjusted them maybe one degree, dude, let's paint it down a little bit right now. Yeah. On the camera. Cade gets a lot of the. Uh, hey, could you squeeze my head with those thighs? Yeah. It's all men. It's all men. It's always men. The ratio is five to one. I was so that's the other part about fit shaming is like I don't five get guys to one by, I don't get approached by women at the bar. But I was at one a few weeks ago, and uh, I'm sitting like this. Or I'll just do it. I'm sitting like this, and I feel a drink get set down behind my elbow, and I, I hear, do you know how handsome you are? <laughs> and Jeff walks. That, that, and that, I, that and I was like, I was like well, my DMs have come to life. How are you, sir? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and he was like, uh, I was like, oh, thanks so much. I'm not interested. It feels good to be wanted, though. Thanks, man. Yeah. And uh, and he was like, uh, no, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, do you live close to here? What are you doing after this? And I was like, no, no, really. <laughs> no, I like, really, really dude. I'm, I'm, I'm like, like yeah, not interested. Tell, you told me that, yeah, you poured it on even extra after you were like, I'm good, dude. He's like, no, but seriously, like, you want to go home with me? No, but like, seriously, thanks. But no, thanks. <laughs> All right. Bon, you ascending the sport. You have a big big meet coming up here in two and a half weeks. And to be clear on this, that was the other part of the the questions mm-hmm. I want to talk about is you guys put on world-class powerlifting meets, yeah. you know, specifically JP, you have, you know, judged, you know, probably a, close to a thousand meets in your life at this point. We've put on a lot of them, man. We put on about eight or nine meets a year. And, and again, just like coaching, um, putting on a big meets fun. It's also super stressful, Extremely, super difficult. stressful. And, uh, you difficult. know, like you guys don't see all the work that he does behind the scenes, but it is, it is immense amount of stress. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I want to put together, you know, the kind of meet that I would want to perform in when I was in the sport because, honestly, it wasn't there. You know, I competed in a lot of places that I didn't necessarily want to compete in just because I went where the money was. And the places I wanted to be weren't putting the money up. And uh, in order to get the big names, you have to put the money up. So Speaking of money, how much money are you guys thinking about giving away at this next meet in two and a half weeks? So, uh, so far we've raised, and, you know, hopefully we can put a little bit more in here by the end of the show, but um, hopefully we've, uh, we've raised around $38,000 right now. Close to forty grand already. Yeah, and it's uh, the highest paid powerlifting meet in the world this year. Um, this is the USPA World Championship. Pro Raw Championships. Yeah, the USPA Pro Raw Championships. It's going to be September 24th. Uh, Brave Enough CrossFit in Northtown, and uh, it's a big 25,000 square, square foot gym. Um, you know, we'll have some great people out there, Force Forum and Hobbit 10 out there, and, uh, you know, all the people there. Some of the top powerlifters in the entire world will be here. Yeah, there will be, I mean, I'd have to say probably close to a dozen world records yeah. of various At types. Least 12. We've got in five weight classes in a row, we've got the world record holder. That's oh, cool. Yeah. Men and women, correct? Yeah, men and women. And uh, so uh, there's going to be around 36 athletes. Um, of the very, very, very best caliber in the world. I mean, I think, and just so you know how hard it is to get to this meet, um, only the top 20 in the world qualified. 
and we're invited. Um, there's some couple people coming from overseas, and uh, you know, only the best are allowed to be here. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think originally we had like 67 signed up, and we've lost 30 in the shuffle. Like that many people can't make it because they can't stay healthy enough to compete at this level. That's the hardest part. I know, Kate, you've had uh, tons of meets in the last few we- or last couple years. I know. I remember this it was this exact meet. I believe was it two years ago, where you did your 800, 800, 500. That was a year ago. That was just one year ago. Yeah, that was fucking awesome. But that was a year. It was like a year prior yeah. that you couldn't do the, so the Kern. I, I right? did. I did eight five eight. He's talking like two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I did it again. Yeah, right. A little bit heavier. Your first time hitting A little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Your first time hitting that, though, which was yeah. crazy. You said, hey, I'm going to do a 2,300-pound total. No, 21. 2,100. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm, like, I'm sorry. 2,100. But it was it was the 885, and you're like, I, you know, this was like, you know, you were, it was like a 60-pound PR, I believe, yeah. at one point on this, at least on just squat, right? Yeah. Something ridiculous. And it was just like, holy shit, you uh, made a name for yourself that day. And so now it's going on to this next you know, this next level of sending like a bigger tier. Do you want to discuss potentially what you're going for on this? Uh, one? I don't really want to talk about goals all that much. I'm with you. I don't want to jinx myself. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I think I think really you know realistically I can you know beat my last total for sure. Mm-hmm. Squats feeling really good. Benches feeling really good. Deadlifts have been a little iffy, but I think that's just because I haven't had enough time coming back from like a low back injury mm-hmm. um that uh, that i'm just not in that that same position that i want to be essentially where you really feel like you which can push. I, I will be over time mm-hmm. but maybe not this meet mm-hmm. who knows sure um but yeah uh i think the biggest thing is just just to uh just to improve on my last total and uh if 2200s in the cards it could yeah. be in the cards mm-hmm. um, kate's at this mature point in his career too where you can't always grow all three you know, mm-hmm. um, it's just a lot of effort and a lot of recovery. And I mean, every workout takes days to recover from. And he's giving himself the best attention, the best care and uh, working really hard at it. But his squat and his bench are, you know, really growing pretty well this year. And the deadlift's been the slowest to come back. But it's not doesn't mean it's not going to be there the way he needs it. Right. Um, he's that back to come back all the way first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it might be. A, it might be there on meet day. Who knows? Yeah. But the, the meat the meat situation is pretty fun. And Cade's the kind of all these athletes are going to be ones that get bigger day of because mm-hmm. they've all been a lot of places before and most of them it's their second or third sport that they've been good at <laughs> and uh so for those athletes that come in it's a pretty fun show like we'll have uh it, you can come to it personally i think it's 30 bucks a day um to come in for the uh, friday show and uh you know it'll be a lot of fun a lot of big athletes going at it there's not a huge roster so the meet will flow pretty well um saturday 60, right? yeah if there were uh, 60 lifters that would take 10 hours, but it's hard to watch a sporting event for 10 hours. Right. <laughs> and so it's, uh, anyway. it's going to be set up in a way where it's going to be the most fun to watch for the way that our sports presented. And then, uh, you know, there's a, uh, a group called a one digital we're working with where, you know, we, we pay $6,500 for one day of live streaming. They have a three to five person crew of cameras that are always moving from the chalk bowl to, you know, we'll have like a WWE oh, that's curtain cool. entrance Walk with, out. you know, fog machines and let's go fire machines behind the platform. Let's and, fucking go. How and awesome, uh, dude. so it'll be cool. It'll be a fun atmosphere. It'll be a fun event. And then it'll be enjoyed by, you know, probably a hundred thousand. If people you enjoy strength, if you enjoy free live streaming, dude, yeah. you guys got to get out to brave enough CrossFit on oh, September 24th. Yeah, so for anybody who the didn't live hear stream that, is free. free. Yeah, to attend is thirty dollars uh, a day. It's only a one day event though. Yeah, it's a big right? one day event. Yeah, Saturday. Saturday, so it'd be thirty bucks. 
I went last year, dude. Absolutely. Wor- I mean, dude, it's unbelievable to That's watch these athletes lift the amount that they're lifting. Like I've, it's so much different to see it in person. I can only say that if you live in the Kansas city area, you need to make it a priority to set aside some time to stop by on September 24th. It is unbelievable to watch. That's when I, I realized Cade's a, uh, you know, you have two types of lifters. They get the, the types of lifters that are gym lifters that they can hit stuff. And mm-hmm. then they go to a meet and it's just like not there. Yeah. And then you have the opposite of that, which are guys that, that, the meet day is the day for them. Mm-hmm. And last year when you freaking hit that, or it might've been two years ago, the first time you Him hit Him and I were both there when you hit that. I was on. like, fuck, dude, Cage so in the zone, dude. <laughs> I do have a tendency to do a lot better on meet day. And I think that's just to do with like the environment. Mm-hmm. You're hyped up on that day. Um, and it's a, uh, it's a very like mental battle between you and yourself. But I think that that nervousness or like excitement, whatever, yeah. whatever you want to call it. I think that that will help elevate you most of the time. Well, if you're going to choose a place to show up, show up where it matters. Yeah. yeah you dude. know, and I like, we, we always at our gym, we call each other gamers. Like, <laughs> like you'll see me do something, then I'll call something and somebody will be like, Hmm. And then the other guy will be like, he's a gamer. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Don't you know, worry. Yeah. And I, I think don't, don't worry about that little guy. Be all right. that, that's a big thing too, is just like, we see a lot of people um, in the powerlifting community and a lot of times, you know, they're hitting these big lifts. They're in the gym they're and they're posting it on Instagram and that can mess with you mentally. But just know that if you are really strong and you are at elite at an elite level, you can't always be peaked. Yeah. It's impossible. You uh-huh. cannot always yeah. be peaked. So you're seeing these huge lifts. You don't know whether that's, you know, maybe they bit off a little bit more than they can chew in their training. And it's like, well, will they do it when it matters? That's when it really matters. Well, there's not a whole lot of, there's a lot of these kids out there now that are 20, 22 years old, sumo deadlifting with straps on and super wide plates and whippy bars. And, you know, they're like, oh, 850 pound deadlift, which is 90 more than I've ever done. But yeah. I don't give a shit until you do it in a meet. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you're not on the all time world record list, you know, yeah, no one like, cares. does it mean anything to anybody that means anything? Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll be forgotten, you know. And uh, I was, uh, I ran into somebody recently who's one of those lifters, and all he talked about the whole time we hung out was, about being sponsored and not having to work and like doing clout lifts and building his Instagram. And I'm like, God, this is so not the conversation this, for me. This is yeah. not what I like. You'll about have to tell me off air who that is. Cause I want to know. Yeah. <sighs> You'll know. Yeah. You already know. I'm just there's a kid. Know. There's a kid out of Springfield. that's like that. He's been doing like 900 pound deadlifts and yeah. it's the same. I'm sure it might be. I've never heard kid. his name. That's probably yeah. why. Uh, <laughs> is his last name Shores. I have no clue. No. I'm thinking about Silas, the biggest guy I know in Springfield. Oh, this kid looks like uh, Luke, you know. So you you see him and you're like, this guy can't. Like a Marino? (laughs) He looks like this guy's not going to be able to deadlift 900 pounds and he deadlifts 900 pounds. You're like, what the fuck was that? But you're right. (laughs) Super, super whippy bar, got straps, hands in like this, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, which is whatever. But if you could do it in a meet, because that's what we're trying to act like we're preparing for. That's the sport. Yeah. Yeah. These but guys like, who like play soccer and you know they do like this trick shots. It's like, yeah, yeah, dude, do that in a game. I mean, I've literally seen people like get you know a million views on something for deadlifting eight hundred eighty one pounds, and then in a meet they did seven twenty seven. Yeah, and drop seven fifty. You know, and it's <laughs> because like because they okay. don't have straps on. Yeah, that's why this is uh, the the world the raw world championships. That's right, that's raw baby. That's well, what that's what counts, man. So, uh, raw dog, they'd say. There's a lot of there's a lot of places <laughs> where raw they're, they're not very strict, and ours is going to be up to a very high standard. So, 
it's a place where you can be really proud of whatever you get accomplished. Yeah, that's another thing too. You know, and we might have talked about this on the last podcast, but judging, man, judging makes your meat. You know, if you have loose judging, and because you know that people are posting their lifts on Instagram, right. if the judging's loose, then all of a sudden, you're, Dude, you're, there goes your JP. You've got really strong thoughts on judging. And I know that you, and, and I mean like really strong thoughts. I think but we all do. I know, but like, I feel like table. I got to give uh, JP credit because he articulates this so well. Why is it that poor judging is so terrible for the sport? And I mean, specifically squat depth. Yeah. Squat's the worst one. And it's because it's the one that, you know, is by far the most, you know, objective. Yeah. And so, you know, people are sitting there watching and, you know, it's really, really, really important to get referees that have no pulse no heart, don't care about clout. And, you know, for me, um, you know, being a good friend to somebody the way that I grew up and the way that we act in our gym is, uh, you know, if you don't have great depth on your squats, if you're going to get a red light for it, well, one, we don't want you to embarrass yourself. We don't want you to embarrass us. And, you know, we want a high standard for what we're doing and have personal pride on that, you know, just like you don't want the guys that work at your stores to lie to people. Yeah. Right. You know, same thing. It's honesty. It's integrity. Honesty and, is nice. And if know? it starts to go away, it's kind. if it's it starts kind. to go away, it's hard to ever get it back. Mm-hmm. And the further it goes away, the further you, it is from ever coming back. And so having a hard line standard that's consistent makes it really, really easy to know what to expect from people. So like in our gym, you know, one time I had a guy who I worked out with um, named David LaMartina. And David and I were talking between sets, and he said, hey, your breath doesn't smell very good today. And I was like, oh, you're an actual friend. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, he actually gave me the constructive criticism I needed to have a better day. Yeah. <laughs> and so if Cade was not squatting to depth, and I was, like, building him up, like, hey, man, you're fucking awesome. That's great. You're the biggest, strongest guy. And then they give him red lights at the meet. What does that do for me? I just screwed it up, you know, and he screwed, you know, like, so have a higher, higher standard for yourself so that, you know, it's consistent. It's not always what you want to hear. If we're going to build powerlifting as a sport, which I know is your guys' goal, we got to have integrity in the sport and you cannot grow the sport. If you're going to give everybody praise and clap for them and give them three white lights when they were, you know, two inches away from being to depth, it's like, dude, you had to go to depth. You didn't go there. Well, and, you know, it's it's just personal accountability, too. I was at a meet recently, and a, somebody I know personally gave a lift they shouldn't have gave, and that person they gave that lift to, I mean, they're honestly going to make a lot of money from it. Um, they're going to get a lot of credit for it and a lot of clout for it, but nobody that means anything to me is going to take them seriously. Um, Let's, uh, for depth like- purposes, can we just have a video of, of JP squatting 1,003 right here? Because that depth is... On, you can't that really argue it. Ass to grass. Well, people, right people, Especially in wraps. In our culture, uh, in general, not just powerlifting, in our culture, you know, everybody wants to talk about haters. We've got soccer moms posting about their haters, you know, <laughs> about somebody who in the team group chat said something negative about their shawl. And so for me, man, like as a lifter, I never had anybody that really talked shit on me because I never did things to get shit talked on. Right. And so, I mean, the way that it is for me is it's like, if you just do everything right, then we don't have anything to talk about. It's a lot easier. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest with you, the more controversial figures were more popular than me. And I don't care. Everybody that follows me knows that I did things right. And, uh, that's way more important to me than anything else. And you know, the other stuff's cool too, but 
you know, for me, um, you know, I'm just not ever willing to sacrifice on that kind of shit. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to have people around me that do either. That's why, uh, JP and I, uh, we can, I know that you will back me up on this. Whenever you see, and you're looking through the records list, we literally go and look at, at the Federation to see what they did it in, because we know certain ones, whether it's, you know, XPC, SPF, whatever Federation it is, they most likely didn't squat to depth. Uh And I'm not going to respect their record as much. So the fun thing about that for me was that back in the day, the meets I wanted to go to that had the money um, weren't the federations I wanted to compete in, but I didn't give a shit. I was going to go there and do it the way I wanted to do it and still beat their ass. Mm -hmm. And that was way more important to me. You know, like going, going and watching a baseball game and watching a team that's full of assholes that are being dicks and sliding with their cleats up and their coach is a dick and he's talking to his kids like they're, you know, he's mother effing his kids and, yeah. and making them feel bad about themselves and they're turning around and treating other kids bad. When that team wins, everybody feels like shit about it, mm-hmm. you know? But when a team comes in and they're like picking people up and they're but they're still competitive and hard, right? you know, and they're playing hard and they're working their ass off, Everybody likes that team. That's why people like the Chiefs right now. They're not yeah. assholes. Mm-hmm. They get rid of them. Yeah, you right. know, like for the most part. And he so, plays for Miami now. <laughs> so, so that's that's that's. I was why. thinking that you said it. Yeah. That's that's why people like George Brett. That's why people like Cal Ripken. That's why yeah. people like Wade Boggs. Like these are the type of people that I looked up to when I was a kid, and those are the type of people that I want in my corner. And I just want to know what to expect from people, and you can from them. Yeah. Very, very good point. Well, we got uh, we got one question we always ask no, everybody. I, I got one question before right. this question. Go ahead. This is very important because we got <laughs> JP on the on the show. Sure. Last time we asked because JP's uh, I respect JP's um, music prowess. Hey. And uh, ooh, this I, is good. I got to know what's on the uh, playlist right now, JP. Okay, so I've got a couple new ones. JP okay. goes okay. deep on music. I've got a couple new ones. So I, I, I dance around a little bit yeah. on the music and. Uh, Jeff and I recently got into EDM a little. Yeah. And uh, jumped in there. So we definitely moved it around some, you know. We have artists. We have favorite artists in the EDM world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't listen to deep tracks yet, but I'm not yet. Yeah, I listen to the hits. You're working on it. I'm 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 wearing the top 40. Yeah. And uh, so, so for me, here's a new one. I went and saw a band two weeks ago and they were oh, the big live. gigantic no no no, no. I, this is going to be hardcore sorry so for lifting specifically since you asked about that we can go for a long time on everything else but uh check out alpha wolf oh yeah alpha wolf from australia just did their first u.s tour and i went a couple weeks ago in this tiny room and it was so good uh look up acid romance that's a good start for okay you. all right yeah. acid I've romance to, uh, by what's alpha the, wolf they have a, you would they have, like alpha wolf yeah they oh. have, I think I've I've listened to a uh, a couple of their songs. They have one that's, uh, oh God, I can't remember what it, it's like. This uh, is terrible. Your phone is right there. Just yeah. I'm just kidding. All good. It's the one I didn't want to say this remember on the that podcast, song we but really, it's really about liked? it's about a girl that's getting molested. Okay, well, hey, uh, let's <laughs> I can't, deep tracks. Yeah, deep tracks. Sorry. Anyways, no, so I didn't want to say it on the podcast. Absolutely, a, absolutely. Looking, it was a sad wolf. story. It yeah. wasn't a proud story. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Ward of the Ward of the States, another one. Ward of the State by Alpha Wolf. Check that out. Hard. Uh, Kublai Khan and Stick to Your Guns played last night. Yeah, dude. So, no, we didn't go. It's my kids' night. Yeah, we we talk. We talked. We always talk Knock about barbecue. Knock loose is coming back to uh, Lawrence. I'm in. This is an after the pod conversation. We always talk about barbecue on the podcast. Have to. 
JP's favorite was slaps. Always. You got one barbecue spot to tell people to go to. If they're in town for a day. You get one. One? You get one. I take people to slaps. I get the cattleman's platter and the three little pigs. Add a half slab of ribs. Make sure you get the cheesy uh, potatoes, potatoes. The macaroni's meh. And uh, for sure, hush puppies. Uh, Ask for the white sauce. It's not on the menu. Ooh. To be honest, you guys might disagree with me on this, oh, but I love, I love Oklahoma Joe's. I I love them. And you will call it Oklahoma Joe's. You won't call it Casey Joe's. Okay, Casey Joe's, Joe's Casey, whatever. Which yeah. one? Which one are you going to? The gas station. Okay, the original. That's the original. You're a sandwich guy. And you're get, a sandwich. Get the Z man. I will never get the Z man sandwich. sandwich but with the burn ins. Okay. Always, yeah. Better. If they have any left, right? Because they're always running out. They have good fries. They have ran out when I was All there. I but anyway, that's, Casey that's Joe's. where I would go. All I want to say about KC Joe's is when somebody asks me about a place and in my review I say, no, you should get their fries. Their fries are great. It's, it means their barbecue is probably shit. Yeah, yeah. But KC Joe's <laughs> is, hey, their level is like their they're head to head. Like a Z-Man with fries is one of the most perfect barbecue like lunches you can ever have. I won't disagree with also that. Also a I good barbecue spot. This can be second, but another good barbecue spot is uh, Wolfpack Barbecue and it is now. Ooh, first timer on this and show. It is, and it is now in uh, Center Block. So Center Block Brewery. Call sign. Call sign. Call it, sign Brewery is in. In Northtown, Kansas City. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So right off of Burlington Street. Yeah. I haven't been to the. Uh, I've, I've been to it, Call Sign and their beer like was great. A, I've yeah. seen it on like a DoorDash, right? It's but good. it's inside Call Sign. Yeah. It's good. Call Sign Brewery. Um, the other What's thing it called I was again? Say is What's Wolf it called again? Wolfpack. Wolfpack Barbecue. Yeah, Northtown. The uh, the Rocket Pig needs to be discussed as well because I'm a Heat fan. I haven't been yet. Oh, Rocket Pig is inside, is the sandwich from Casey Joe's. It's oh, not, okay. It's not the Z Man. So Rocket Pig has fried jalapenos. Oh. Uh, more of a spicy fan. Person. Big fan. Yeah, yeah. Big fan of the fried jalapenos. If you haven't had the Rocket Pig, get it. Uh, that's that it for our trip, show. Today. You can yes, add sorry. fried jalapenos to your sandwich now. By the way, well aware. I'm just saying. Well, <laughs> well aware. Hey, You're Kate's, living in the past. Kate's QT the ambassador kind of, over here. Kate's so. the kind of friend when I ask him to get me a sandwich from QT, he orders one on the thing. And waits for it. Oh, dude, that's yeah. Jeff to a T. Oh, and so and I added fried jalapenos. Yeah. So the fried jalapenos are an extra forty nine cents. That kind of sucks. Uh, everything else they add that's extra money is typically available for free on the hot dog caddy. It's true. So just you know, take your sandwich over there and get it free. Anyways, <laughs> that's all. That's all you need to know for Quick Trip today. Um, next on the order, we have our Protein Bros T shirts. These are available at all of our stores, and they're also available on our website, proteinbrospodcast.com. If you guys would like one of those shirts and you are a loyal listener, we'd love for you to come by one of our locations. Simply ask the staff for a shirt, show them that you're a subscriber, and they will hook you up on the house. I know we just got a new order of those in, so every store should have a few Your left. new clothing line is dope. So I got the tank top, mm-hmm. the S2 Faction tank top, it's nice. and uh, it's like a heather gray. And the best way I can describe it is like the most comfortable wear around the house Sunday tank top I've ever had. Like, usually I prefer my tanks cut a little higher, and this one goes just a little lower. Super comfortable, tailored fit on the bottom, where the bottom is not just straight across. It has a little tailor to the back of it. Mm-hmm. Super comfortable, heavy-duty. Um, like, one of those materials where people touch it, and their only response is butter. <laughs> That's <laughs> nice. Butter. I had to let you guys know Stretchy. that. So I'm wearing the hat yeah. today, mm-hmm. and uh, the tank top's my other favorite. We did get some oh, new parallels, so we need to check it yeah. out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure we'll, show, we'll show you guys on the way out. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate you. We just celebrated one year. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. If you guys shared up the podcast, it's the only way we get the name out and, uh, support local fitness. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Thank you guys. And good luck. Guys. Yeah. On. Good luck on you guys' uh, new adventure. Congrats on the new office, the eighth location dominating Kansas city. That's Congrats. all we all want to do in the most positive way. Love you guys. Love you guys.